<laughs> the Memorial wrote his book 1984. He don't think he's wrote in the script for the global reset or this, like you know, the manipulation of through the media of like a, a common conscience of society and leading that society and things. When I don't like, I don't love to live there. I don't want to be there. <laughs> I think I think you are as well, and everybody who has that real sense of freedom and real sense of justice and the uh, proper uh, setup for the human society, we don't want to live this post-COVID society. No, it's completely wrong. We don't want to live in this hypocrisy uh, of my mainstream media, especially of, look on your case. So this is a this bright, bright example how media can destroy the people, can destroy the story, can uh, twist everything the totally opposite and present it in a way and people who is watching and watching and watching this after the seventh time they watching that lie they start believing in this and this is a big and and horrible horrible uh, construct I don't want to live there I know I know the validization of the east continues um it's this strange divide and well you know you and I have talked about the way I was villainized for simply telling what happened to me when I worked for Senator, then Senator Joe Biden, right? I just told the truth about what happened. And I was created into, well, according to Western media, I'm a monster, I'm a villain, I'm a, you know. And then, you know, they did that on a bigger level to Vladimir Putin. I think that Oliver Stone's contribution with those Vladimir Putin interviews was so crucial because you really saw him for who he is, which is a whole person who is a man who has a very big job. And it must be frustrating from your perspective, you know, being from Ukraine and, and that the misunderstanding and the, the lack of depth when many things are true at once. It's a very complex history. It's a beautiful country with a very complex history. And could you, could you talk a little bit about, you know, just sort of that personal journey that you went through? Yes, yes, first of all, you need to understand who I am. I'm American. I'm American citizen from 2015. I moved here 2008. I was born in Soviet Union and Ukraine. I was studying in Moscow in the Dnipropetrovsk in the big city in Ukraine. I work in, in a big business. I work in a government. And 2005, I started working in the films by my own decision because it's fascinated me, the storytelling. And after that, with the easy hand of uh, Luc Besson to tell me, Igor, uh, you need to move to LA if you wanted to continue your uh, movie journey. And I move. So let me help you to understand how I perceive the events of 2013-2014 when coup d'etat happened in Ukraine, heavily backed by foreign powers, first of all, Europeans, and of course, United States. It was a lot of discontent in the society. People struggle. But why Ukraine? Why? Because talking about current settings in the world policies, we need to understand we still we still feel in this pain from event of 2014 to, in Ukraine, and why it's important in our case because our sitting president was very much involved in the all of this. So what's happened in Ukraine 2014 was a coup d'état, nothing even close to the revolution of dignity of they self call you call themselves happened on the streets. The protesters, a leader of opposition who's organizing that protest, start killing the people on the street 
both policemen and protesters to ignite to ignite what we uh, see as a riot, as you know, the people anger. They use it the technology called sacred victim, carefully choosing the victim and killing them in the blood in the cold blood. And after that, they, they was told that's not enough. So you need to kill hundred to bring attention of the world media. And they set up the mass killing on a camera on the street of Kiev and Maidan. There's a main plaza in the center of the capital. They kill in cold blood like a 49 people on the camera. So this is a half hypocrisy of media. I don't think was knowing what they're doing. They were used. But after that, after that, they immediately jump on that anger of people, harness it, and organize the, the, the military and armed coup d'etat and change the regime in Ukraine and United States Department of States immediately jump on this and recognize that as a legit power. If you come back to the 80s, to the famous neoconservatives, Bignev Dzerzhinsky, who wrote the book, The Grand Chessboard, he outlined the most important goal for American foreign policy in after the collapse of Soviet Union and I will be try to citate it close to the to the source. We need to prevent at all costs possibility of emerging new superpower on Eurasian continent. We need to kill and destroy every possible attempt to create a superpower. And this is why Ukraine was so crucial because as a part of Russian speaking uh, community on that place, that was a weak point of Russia, because that's practically common knowledge, but you cannot invite Russia and win because a, a numerous uh, failed attempts starting with Napoleon and uh, finishing with Hitler and anybody else who invited Russia, they was beaten. But the only people who hard enough to fight with Russians, less Russians themselves. And at the weak point of Ukraine, because Ukraine have a very, very special construction because it was uh, Western part of Ukraine and Eastern part of Ukraine, and they speak two languages, mostly Russian, but sometimes some Ukrainian. So they use this situation that set up as a weak point in this chain of Slavic people living in this territory in Eurasia.